Come up the show this week, we have our good friend Paul McDonald, who we refer to as Donny, constantly throughout, in case you're wondering who we're talking about. This week, we talk about the lockdown, Motherwell, what the fuck is happening at Celtic FC, best sports <laughs> Celtic stars, FC? Celtic <laughs> FC. <laughs> 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 oh, I've never heard them being called that by a Scottish person before. Man. Best sports star stroke team ever, Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali, mixed gender sports, AI in sport, doping, VAR, the offside rule, referees, Mo Farah, Arcadia Group, online shopping versus shopping centres, Ronnie O'Sullivan, restrictions and mental health ramifications, Roger Federer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, <laughs> <laughs> Diego Maradona and the Hand of God, institutional racism and colonisation, LIDAR and BBC Storyville. So let's go. <laughs> Welcome to episode 20 of the Carbon Copy COVID Curer podcast. There will be some bad language, probably. We're on Spotify and Apple, Anchor and YouTube. Give us a follow and a subscribe. We're a wedding band on lockdown doing a podcast. My name is Martin. I play guitar in the band. I'm joined by our lead singer, David Swan. How's it going? Our bass player, Matt Caulfield. Hello there. And our drummer, Neil McDougall. Evening. Uh, we're lucky enough to have a, a special guest tonight, a football journalist, co-founder of footballcritic.com, sports fan media and former chief at goal.com. He's been published on BBC Sport, Sporting Life, BT Sport and many more. Fellow motherweller and friend of the band, Paul McDonald. Welcome, Donald. Hey guys. How are you, mate? Paul. Welcome along. Thanks for how having you, me. How are you getting on? Welcome. Chong for a scoop, mate, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, aye, just drinking, drinking the house doesn't cut the mustard after a while. Do you know what I mean? Just that wee, that wee ability to get out and nip out for a pint and then come back is is uh, a lost art these days, man. And I miss it. How's things doing? In, are you still doing in Leeds, aye? Aye, mate. So we are we're going to get into tier three as of as of uh, Thursday. Um, but that's just how stupid that is. It's a, it's a missus's birthday on Friday. Um, I probably shouldn't be putting this on recording in case I get done for it, but we're just going to jump my train to York. York's about six miles to the east, and they're tier two, and all the pubs and restaurants are open there. So we're just going to go on the train and go up to York for the day, and then come back. <laughs> Which kind of tells you how stupid it is that when they're when they're putting the tiers in place, that you can be that close, and then like ridiculous. Uh, you can go to Harrogate. So Harrogate's just in, in, in just north of us, about six seven miles. A lovely place, loads of eating places and that, and then York to the east. Guarantee that next weekend those two places will be absolute carnage with everybody in West Yorkshire piling in so they can do all their shopping and get a nice wee bite to eat and a pint while they're doing it. So just stupid. It's stupid at this mm. stage. Did I read right that Rita Ora get fined 10 grand for having a birthday party? <laughs> she did, aye. Did Fuck she? Fuck me. Fucking hell. She can afford that, mind you, but that's some fine in it. But it gets to the point where there's a wee local guy down for me who's opened up a kind of craft beer place. 
and uh, I always try to give him a bit of business in that. Um, not because I like a pint and just want to help out the local trade and that, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's fu- he's humped because he literally bought, um, he put the deposit down on a, on a second place in February um, and he's no, he's nobody like open it yet, so it's still sitting there all done up and all that and it's been short, sitting shut for seven months. Nice. So, been... like, you're just, they're just, we're punishing these local businesses and, and just putting it right into the hands of fucking cunts like Willerspoons and all that who can fill up all the space. I know, mm-hmm. and I see the thing is as well. I'm like, I'm going to sound like a fucking Facebook moaner here, right? But I was doing wishy the other day, and the whole industrial part was all open and all that. You know, your Matalans and your B and M's and all these big stores and all the wee shops up the high street were all shut. I'm like, what's the difference between them and them? I don't get that. So it seems to be targeted at small businesses that are really suffering now. It's fucking terrible, man. That's always how it goes, though. It's always the smaller people that get. They don't have the facilities to to compete, and if there is, it's these arbitrary rules about what you need to sell in a shop. Which you know, something that's like a small uh, business that sells a specific thing, maybe don't sell like garden furniture or whatever criteria you need to meet. And it's a shame because you get places like Tesco and B and Q and Marks and Spencers, <laughs> you know. Just doing what they've done the whole time, monopolising the whole market. That's the thing, right? So, like, see, during the first lockdown, when everybody was kind of in it together and all that, and you had to queue outside the supermarkets and all that, that none of that shit happens now. So, folk just walk about in there and they hang all the tap at you. They're just just absolute breeding grounds for fucking disease. That's what they are. Um, But nobody's, there's no queues outside any supermarkets, there's no proper proper social distancing. And I read the other day that 41% of the cases that are getting picked up are in supermarkets. Is that right? Is that right? Aye. Twenty-one. Fucking hell. It must be the same with schools as well. I mean, the the schools never get mentioned in any of the sort of criticism of the stuff. It's always like students and uh, just people partying, whatever. But it's never nobody ever thinks schools. You know, loads of kids in a tight environment, supermarkets. What you say? I mean, it just seems so bizarre that they get away with, you know, just repeating this narrative and people seem to swallow up. You know, it's always this thing, people better behave themselves in that. I know, mate, that's people, it, people, That's the cause, that people aren't behaving, that's how Christmas is getting ruined, behave yourself for Christmas, it's Aye. just a lot of shit. But it's like, we've, all, we've reached a stage now where the government clearly doesn't think that people can be responsible. I mean, well, 60,000 people have died and there isn't a, nobody bats an eyelid, you know what I mean? Aye. No, Aye. I find funny now as well, I was watching that fucking cock hank, or whatever his name is, and the day Hancock came out and he was saying we've got this virus back under control as if it was a victory and I'm like the mere fact that you're saying back under control fucking means that you lost control of it you spoon know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's just ridiculous see all this stiff upper lip shit and see when Boris said need to be jolly careful I nearly fucking spewed my dinner over the flare, man. <laughs> my dad, I nearly spewed my dinner over the flare and kicked my dugs about the whole house, man, because I was like, That's, I cannot fucking stand any more of this, man. It's literally like living in spitting image. It's literally like that. No, man, it's a fucking joke. You should probably should have never opened the place back up. Really? I guess. Yeah. If they, they all knew the second wave was coming and all that, but... You should never opened anything up knowing that there's still a chance that people are going to contract the disease and die when, when it isn't under control. The only places that are, 
the, the only places that have done it well that are opening up are places that have got zero cases. Like Melbourne has seen recently, they've got zero cases, so they've been shut properly, can't fly anywhere or that. They've just opened it up at that point, whereas we're like, just again, as I've said before, probably in this, the typical sort of people will die, can't save every job. It's they're all the sort of right wing mentality is, uh, we'll, we'll look after most of the people, but a few will just need to go and uh, we can't do anything about that. I just feel like there needs to be a wee bit of let's try and <laughs> let's try and save everybody, you know, let's always try and let's uh, let's try and save every job. Always, always try it. Do you know what I mean? Because you're fucked either way, financially as a country. You know you're gonna you're gonna take a hit no matter what happens. So at least try and go the full distance. You know, save everybody. But see, we played devil's advocate in that matter. Like that's that's Philip Green's fucking Arcadia up going under the day. Thirteen thousand mm-hmm. jobs, right? How many of they folk are gonna be? fucking clinically depressed or, or Christmas or how many suicides no, how no. many lives are going to be lost as a result do you know what I mean sometimes sometimes the, the, the cure can be worse than the disease and aye so they need to be paid that's that's the other thing that's, that's what we need to go hand in hand you need to just say right, this is going to cost a fortune just pay everybody you know whatever it takes just pay them try and save the 13,000 jobs for next whatever it is you know just try but there just isn't any will to try it's just, and the thing is it's like it's back to this sort of um Behave yourself. It's like to me, it's just one of the same thing. I just you behave yourself, or we kind of save everybody, or you know, what do you expect us? Do you expect us to save everybody? Like we we'll fucking try and save somebody. <laughs> try and either we either save the jobs or save the people, but don't don't lose the jobs and the people. I mean, it's the worst record. In, uh, must be one the worst economy record and the worst death rate. So what <laughs> what have they actually done no, in any way? Achieve nothing. No. They've literally achieved nothing. They've got it wrong at every every conceivable stage. Like whatever way you wanted to do it, they've done as Merv just said, they've done the, the best of, the worst of both worlds here. Um and it's just see the, the, the overriding problem with that is I don't want to get into too much politics debate, right? But obviously we're from Murrow, right, and I'm a lifelong fucking lefty Labour supporter, right? Uh see with the Tories were coming through in the eighties and nineties, right? I fucking hated them, but at least knew they were competent at hating us. Like, see, like, Thatcher and fucking Heseltine and all his, mm-hmm. all the cronies, right? You at least knew these people had an agenda. They were t- intelligent in putting forward that agenda mm-hmm. because they were good at what they did, right? See, these fucking idiots, they don't have any agenda other than making sure they get their fucking expenses at the end of the month. And that's the worrying thing. Like, mm-hmm. politics has descended into this argument where anybody with half a brain just goes into the private sector now because why the fuck would you want the hassle of running about with these morons? No, no. And he, even guys like Hesseltine and that, and I seen David Cameron uh, the other day, and I'm no fan of these people, I'm the same as you, Donna, you know, I, I, always been against this, but, you know, guys like um, David Cameron, when the Tories announced they were going to cut the aid budget as part of their savings, he's like, that, that's one of the worst things that's ever happened. He, even him, even a, a Tory that we all used to love and hate and thought that was the epitome, a Tory, is actually... <laughs> When you compare it to what we've got now, this is a whole different breed. Aye, it's, it's that's it. It's like it's like, it's like a lobster but in the pan. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't like you don't really realise how bad it is until the country's in fire, and that's kind of what's happened in the last twelve months. You've, you've had the worst possible circumstances of Brexit and pandemic with the worst set of cunts you could possibly put together. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, fuck. That's it. Shall we? Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> 
That's it. That's fucking annoying, don't Banco, what is that tune from? Grandstand. Grandstand. Yes, I realise it says question the sport on the sheet, but I, that tune, I don't like questions, but that, I had to pay tribute to one of the greatest fucking TV theme tunes ever. Grandstand mm-hmm. is a fucking masterpiece. The midsection is fucking class as well. Nero is good as a snooker tune. Ah, ah fucking what tune that is, man. I like the, what's the cricket one? Ah, it's a belter as well, man. Yeah. Um, so, since you came on uh, tonight, Donnie, we thought we'd do a wee sort of sport thing after the podcast. So, we've got a couple of questions that we can really think about. So, I'll go first. What the fuck's wrong with Selic, Donnie? What the fuck has happened to Selic, mate? I knew what I was coming. What kind of sports science can you tell me to get this back in the fucking road here, man? I've never seen a collapse like this in my life. First of all, mate, you want to come and watch fucking Mill for the past 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, we've not won a trophy in 29 years, you've won 11 and 4, and you're out fucking kicking down fences at the stadium. I know, what about the ball bags last night, oh, man? Mate, fucking talk about privilege, man. Come on, the fuck. Ridiculous, mate, and I, po- I was posting in some of the chats when I was hearing them all. I think, I mean, he put it to play devil's advocate, to use your words. I mean, see if they weren't 11 points behind in the league, you know, the Champions League, that yesterday wouldn't have been, I think yesterday was a breaking point, you know, it wouldn't, most people would have went away going, right, they've won 36 cup games in a row, they've won three fucking trebles, they're going for a fourth treble, this will never be done again, they lost a cup game, fair play, but I think it's because it's been, you know, in with everything else, no justifying it by the way, what they've done getting there, they're fucking clowns man. Well, and here's I've never seen Celtic, you know, half of them. I know, mate. Here's, here's a couple of anecdotes that will make you even more worried, right? So, oh, great. Anec- Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Depressing Monday. We should, we should be doing this on a Friday night rather than a fucking Monday. That's not the day of the week of the fucking tops myself. But, uh, Monday, aye. Um, so, first one is, uh, I know a guy used to drink the tavern quite a bit. Um, he did, doesn't live around here anywhere, but he's quite good pals with me and my brother. And uh, he's got a marketing degree and he ended up in it. That's about five years ago, he got a, his absolute dream job in at Selic, mm-hmm. uh, d- dealing with the Selic's marketing team, and he quit after six months because the, the entire organisation of the marketing team was about 70 years behind, man, in I terms of where, where football is now. He's like, I couldn't have wished for a better job, but once I get in there, it was a nightmare because, like, what people are out of... Have they got the internet and computers and that? Like, almost like a kind of level of stupid, like, That's fucking it. completely backwardsness. And then the second one is... I've got a wee bit of money invested in a, a, a company, an AI company that can uh, predict injuries before they happen. And mm-hmm. uh, they've been working with some big teams across across the world. And um, they're in at Rangers right now. And mm-hmm. Rangers haven't had an injury in about seven weeks. Selig yeah. doesn't have Selig doesn't have anything like this in place at the moment just because they don't. Not, there's no comprehension, uh, the advancements of that side of the business. Whereas if you're I'm here inside Ibrox, they're taking it extremely seriously to try and get that edge back, and it's working. Mm-hmm. It's working. Mm-hmm. Whereas Peter Lowell's answer is gone get Neil Lennon, and you can guarantee if they bin Lennon tomorrow, the phone will be ringing to fucking Mark Neil or Roy Keane. No, sacking no, fucking... no, no, what it'll be, it'll be John Kennedy. That's what we'll get landed with, man. It'll be fucking John Kennedy will step into the, the end of the season. See what you've said there? I've always thought this about Celtic, right? 
what you've just mentioned there, the, the behind the scenes stuff is sometimes really pathetic, even down to the ticket office building and stuff compared to like Man United I... and things like that. Don't see like the even the season tickets when they went digital and stuff, it just didn't really work right. And everything seems a bit half assed. See, when you're trying to go on to log in and watch a Celtic game through that virtual season ticket, we've all paid 500 quid to watch these games on the fucking telly, and you can't get in. It's pathetic. Some of the stuff just seems to be lit it raw and just get by. Just get by. That's what Celtic's motto should be. Just get fucking by. We Stephen, we Stephen had drinks in the tavern. Fucking works in the ticket office, and it's his. Uh, it's, abs- it's absolutely well west west running about the European games and the old firm games and that. Uh, and, and he, all, all cunts phone up to get tickets and all that and handing them back. Just no procedure whatsoever for who's in the waiting list or who's meant to get them or anything. It's just the, the whole club is just. I know. Be happy to coast, mate. Be happy I know, and that's horrible, that man. Because see, when you could have actually really done something and progressed right on and started to like take Scott. Well, they did take Scotland by the scruff of the night last nine years and stuff. But really progress in Europe and invest in it and invest in all this back stuff. They never fucking do it. And then we end up here. We end up getting fucking fences doing and sack a board and that fucking Aye. bastards. Anyway, sorry. No <laughs> questions. Could women play in men's sport, i.e., with men? That's a really good question. Have you heard about it all day, actually, when, when Coffee was sitting in England? I, uh, I found that one today, actually. Um, can women play in men's sports, i.e. with men? Why with do we men? Why, no, I don't, I don't mean can women play men's sports. I mean, can men and women play in professional capacity together in the same sport? Well, I read, I read the other day, yeah, I read the other day that they've just introduced somewhere, I think it's Spain or somewhere, Argentina, somewhere that they've got the first transgender Lady playing in the women's league, they've just announced that. So All that's right. maybe another question to add into your answer. Mm. <laughs> Are they seven dark. foot tall and 240 pounds? <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's, a there's a college team in America that posted up on their Instagram this week that they've got a, they're going to have a women's quarterback for their next game, which is interesting. What? Wow. Um, <laughs> All right. Hey, okay. Um, as, long, well, as long as the defensive the defensive line can protect her and not get smashed by a three hundred pound giant, then she got it. I'll keep staring at her ass when she's bent over. And <laughs> 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 it's just decoy. <laughs> ah, I love it. That spanko will well cut that. <laughs> ah, I love it. Well done. Does Neil. it um, does it depend on the sport a wee bit? Well, so, I it does because like obviously. Mixed mix doubles in tennis and that. Ah, of course, yeah. You've got the lassie um, who's in the darts. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. I know um, she qualified for the Premier League, so she was in the top ten players in the world, and she held her own in that tournament. So, at a darts level, if they're, if they're dedicated enough, hundred percent, and snooker, theoretically, I like nobody's ever really done it or came huh? close, but it could it could happen in the sports. It's just the physical ones make Contact. it more difficult. They were talking about it in MMA. I was like, what? <laughs> MMA? You've got it. just doesn't. I mean, biologically, that just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Aye. It's just going to. But I'll, I'll certainly know. But well, you never know, I suppose. You never know. You may get a wee bird from Motherwell doing with hairy knuckles <laughs> and that. You know what I mean? Come on and punch fuck at the guy. <laughs> One thing that I've thought before, and this is maybe something that's more feasible in some ways as the prospect of a female coach or manager successfully of a male team professionally. Right. You know, but it would it would be it would probably take 
it would need to be somebody like building it right up for like the, the lowest league wherever and like being absolutely amazing and just being that good that she kind of get ignored and then she gets to the next level and gets to the next job right. before you know it she's like Man City I've got mm -hmm. a fucking job for her <laughs> <laughs> you mean Celtic guy aye aye right enough aye Aye, that sounded quite a new end. I know there, it did. I fuck sake. No, I, I definitely meant Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's off the table here. What female uh, manager would you would you like to see at Celtic? Sorry, don't know any female managers. <laughs> man. Like none, zero. I don't know any female Aye, managers. We're getting our first. The Champions League on Wednesday night this week is getting its first ever female ref. Is that, that right? right? That right. French lassie. She's going to do a game. Uh, the lines, lines women before, haven't they? Aye, but that's, that's, that's the first time she's actually in charge of a proper game. She's she does uh, she's French. She does uh, league in every week. Apparently, she's really good. But aye, so at least she's a fucking mason. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I suppose the question is why have they not been so far? Why has mm, it been segregated true, in the first place? I think I, I think for sports like darts and snooker. Um, the idea, the idea in the 70s and 80s, yeah, a woman getting into those places just wasn't for, wasn't for fucking happening. They were in the kitchen. <laughs> well, I don't think the women themselves would have wanted to go in there because of the misogyny they'd have faced, but also they were uh, fucking aye, stinking. Aye, aye, fucking aye. fags and heavy and all that. They never wanted to go in there. We still, we, still, we still play gigs in some of these places. I know. <laughs> Available for bookings. <laughs> Like genuinely, you know, I mean, some of the like, some of the social clubs and that that you still play in, it's like. Well, how come you never that? see like you know if you get into a pub, there's never a women's pill team or a women's darts team, you know what I mean? There's never that, so maybe that's why they don't, they don't well, take er, up. In, in, in the 1980s, Eric Bristol, uh, when he was a darts champion, was married to the women's darts champion, so they were, they were like the golden couple like darts, <laughs> the flying arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest sports star and or greatest sports team ever. And by sports team, like a specific team of players within an era, as opposed to like Aye. just the team. Uh, for me, for the greatest sports star for me, will always be Tiger Woods, I think. Uh, yeah. To come back and win that one after all the shagging and all that they'd done previously. I mean, anybody, <laughs> anybody else would have just went, fuck this, I'm done, man. But he's like, no. Basically, his doctor tell him before he get the back surgery, he's like, I can get you walking again, but I can, I'll be struggling to get you to swing a club again. And then the current wins the fucking Masters. It's just it's the most unbelievable story you'll ever, you'll never see anything like it again. So for me, for him to go through all that, to win all the things he did in the first place with the dedication and the brilliance that he showed, and then shag yourself out of the game for 12, 10 years and then come back and fucking win that, win the hardest tournament at all, that'll never be beating sport, that, that story. He's he's the whole reason that no women play golf. Bye. Just get them away. <laughs> <laughs> the non the non tiger tour it's called. That is a misogynistic sport. Well, women's it? golf is quite big though. 
they don't play together. There's no reason why they, they shouldn't play together either. The problem I mean, with that is that like the American golf courses are like 200 yards longer a hole than they can hit. Do you know what I mean? They've just not got the power to hit the ball that far. Whereas if you, if you pick courses where the holes were like a moderate length, they probably could compete quite easily because they've, they've got the same skills. They've got I different know, tees, don't they? The, tee, the, the female aye, tees further up. Tees, See, some, even just like golf clubs, some of them don't let women be members in that still. Aye, aye, aye there's one in Scotland definitely. The roads they, they don't even let loads of different people be members for loads of different reasons. Right, you need to wear the right shit and that, you need to wear the right clothes and it's total ancient behaviour. Well, there wasn't a black guy allowed at uh, Augusta to about fucking when Tiger turned up, I think. Is that right? Oh, I, 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 Seriously? I only think they admitted black members to the course about 10 years ago or something like that. But, fucking hell. Aye. I'm sure I, I heard about, there was another, a wee bit of Controversy about a Scottish golf club recently that would a couple of years uh, ago never I think let, I never let females in. I they had a vote on it and they still said no. It was like no. it could be anyone. To be honest, um, I think a lot of them are. Can this do? I think it was maybe Twin. May have been. I can't remember, but yeah, it was in the news. And everything that was in the news, the whole lot. Carnoustie is quite misogynistic though as well. It was, there was either Carnoustie or Covel Park. <laughs> <laughs> I forget one. <laughs> I, I, I used to remember at Covel Park. And uh, yeah, it's, exa- yeah. it's exactly like that, 100%. That's just some place at Colville Park, isn't it? I've never played golf in it. It's a time warp. Aye, especially the hall and stuff like that. It's... My mum and dad got married there. that right? Aye, that was where they had the reception, aye. Was I it like that? I was going to say, is it, was it still like that with the stage? I, and I the think it was brand barrier? new back, back then. Aye. Aye, but was it, aye, that's what I mean. <laughs> that barrier's crazy, isn't it? Keep keep the audience away for you completely. Uh, it's a tough, tough, tough gig, guy. Yeah. Tough gig, tough gig. But I uh, see the pub I was working in over the summer there. Uh, well, last month, uh, tenants. It was the last pub I think in definitely in Glasgow or maybe in Scotland. It uh, allowed women in in 1975. No, mate. There's there's a pub in Wishy called Tam Parts. It's like still like that. There's no one allowed in. Honestly, fucking it's hell. crazy stuff, man. A pub. <laughs> Tam Parts, I think it's called. Can't even the name of it, but either it's, you're not allowed, a woman are not allowed into it. Fucking nuts. Absolutely. Mem- remember the days when remember the days when the woman used to phone the pub phone to find out where their man's were? Aye. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> I know, I'm not here. <laughs> but but I they they may have changed that, I don't know, in case I'm slating a pub here. But they I used to go to mall games when I was dead young. You used to announce it at the Tannoy, oh by the way, Mr. McGee, your fucking wife's just wrapped your third way and you better go to the fucking hospital to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Best sports team ever, Donny. That's, that's fucking hard, mate. Um, or even a top couple. Whatever. Well, obviously, I've been I've been watching a lot of Barca early years and Barcelona's team under Pep for about 2009 to 2011. We'll take a lot of beating. Model team that won the 1991 Scottish Cup, obviously. <laughs> Um, although, although most of them are dead now, so it's <laughs> um, yeah, they are, eh? generally, I, I guess, I guess the All Blacks is, is the main answer, just because that country's got like fucking one and a half million people, and to maintain that level of consistently brilliant teams with that's that's such a small population, mm-hmm. like we've got three times as many people as them, and we're shite. Every <laughs> sport, aye. So like the, 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 the dedication and the amount of time they invest to make sure that that team is absolute pinnacle. So what to be said for that? Are we are we still good at curling though? The Scottish team are fucked that as well now. Who knows? 
I like the Bulls. I like watching Scotland at the Bulls. Oh, we're good at the Bulls, aren't we? I watch the Bulls, man. The Bulls is some. See when it gets to the semis, that man, it's fucking gripping shit. <laughs> Telling you, man, honestly. Me and my wee granny, Bet, used to watch that after school every day, watch the Bulls and stuff on its own, and it's great. Aye. World Championship's fucking brilliant, man. Although brilliant. you need, need, to, need to have a couple of COVID tests for the audience in that place, or else you'd fucking wipe it. Aye. A fucking bad flu would take that out, mate. <laughs> what about you, Neil? Um, sports team. Best sports team ever, greatest sports star ever. I love Globetrotters. Uh, I've no idea, man. Like, <laughs> does it have to be team or just a single sports person? Or How a sports want? person or team? Aye, just any MD thinks worth a wee mention. Are you a sporty guy, Neil? Are you like me? And it's just, just. I'm not. I'm not. Well, no. See, I've, I've never been into sports as much. I mean, I suppose. Mm, I mean, I can say something cliche like Muhammad Ali or something like that. That's just a great all-rounder. But I don't. I haven't really. Well, these just guys are goats for a reason. I've just found out what goats. Goat well, what means. does that mean? That's a very greatest uh, of all time. Is that what that means? I mm. did not know that. Any who's got a story like the kind of Tiger Woods thing, I like a kind of all rounder, mm-hmm. not just like they were great at one match or whatever, but they had uh, a whole uh, controversy to deal with or whatever. Any like that. I'm, I don't think I've got any specific one, but. I'm trying to think of other examples of something like that. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali, I need to mention. For what he came up against in terms of his country's sort of um, attitude at the time where he was successful. Obviously the famous story when he won his um, gold medal or whatever and then he came back to America and he was trying to get served like a coffee or a, a meal in a restaurant and he, he wouldn't serve him because the colour of his skin, you know, stuff like that. To, to make it through those sorts of times, that's that's an achievement in itself, you Definitely, know. Man. But I, what, a, what a showman and what a personality um, Muhammad Ali Aye the best ones always transcend the sport they're in do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, yeah. like Lewis Hamilton faces a lot of the same problems in my opinion in mm-hmm. F1 that, that Ali faced but in a more modern environment because obviously he Lewis Hamilton gets 30 million a, a season but doesn't he drink doesn't he take drugs doesn't he doesn't do any of that stuff so what does he spend his money on he buys fucking planes and shit because that's all he can buy and yet there's still a, there's still a, a a significant portion, I think, of Britain that resents him for that, resents him for that success, and it's pretty maddening, quite sad, but it's still. They resent him. Why? Why do they resent him? Just seen a lot of hate from recently because he stands for the BLM and all that. Seen a lot of hate from recently, Aye. man. Mm-hmm. He hated them. Just people try to dress it up any reason they like. Aye. Some people just don't like a, a, a black man dominating a predominantly white man sport. That's mm-hmm. that. It's as simple as that. I mean, like, you're talking about the average audience the F1 these days is still people in their 40s and stuff like that, and they still might have some back- backward views. I don't want to attack everybody with the same brush because he's got a, still got a gigantic fan base and a lot of people love him, but there are some people out there that yeah. just want to say, oh, you've only only because you've got the best car, that's why you're winning. I've uh, heard a lot of that. All that shit and stuff. It's like, well, that happens in every sport, do you know what I mean? Like, why does Pep Guardiola not take over Exeter? Well, because he's the best at what he does. Why the fuck would he want to manage Exeter? You're dick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, that's what he's saying. Why does fucking Gordon Ramsay not want Greg's? Like, I mean, because <laughs> that would be amazing. It would yeah. be amazing. Imagine Gordon Ramsay working in Denims. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know like, if there's uh, Denims kitchen place? nightmares? But uh, Donnie. Uh, what in uh, Mill High Street? Yeah, aye. Aye. That is legendary. Aye. Been there for about a hundred years, hasn't it? Aye. Twenty in. Twenty in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see um, Gordon Ramsay get in there and sorting out sorting out sorting out the cream yum yums try to swear your cream yum yums are shit 
I love that show, man. Diabetes, but I love it. Gordon Ramsay used to play for Rangers, is there? He fact that we've got one over. Maybe worth a mention. Is that right? I'm sure that's I right. Think I think he played right. a couple of practice games with him and that, but. Isn't he exactly a, a legend, Aye. I wouldn't say? Played with Rangers and inverted commas. I was going to pick him for my best sports star ever. What about you, Swanny? Any. Uh, greatest sports team ever, Simpson Craig Gemmell. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the Lions. Uh, greatest sports stars just passed away, Dago. What about you, Mark? I th- uh, I've not got a clue. Um, really? Being a music man, I probably can't answer that. Was that right? The Boston Green Sox? <laughs> the Carnoustie Salinanis? <laughs> uh, come back to me on that. I'm not sure. Come I'll back to you when, like, the morrow or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a text later. Well, the thing with Maradona is, like, the one thing that I've took for the last week, just watching and reading stuff about him, it's fucking shite to be famous, man. Like, really famous, as, as famous yeah. as him. Like, the guy just couldn't... The guy couldn't do anything and just took advantage of everywhere he went, particularly when he went to Naples and everybody wanted a piece of him and then... I know. Obviously, Sicilian mob and all that got a hold of him and the Camorra and made sure that he was fucking make, making them coin every single day and just like that fault entourage that comes with being famous it just looks absolutely shit man. Used, used and abused didn't they a lot of the guys um, did you see that documentary when he managed a team in like fucking I don't know where it was like Kazakhstan or something like that there was a, a Netflix thing and he went I think it was a Netflix thing and he went away over there and they followed him and it's fascinating he was absolutely shite managing them but it was in a bad way you know and you, you can see what you were talking about there was a lot of hangers on aye but like Gaza Gaza was a bit like that aye, well, we were thinking about this other day and we were trying to think to somebody as close as you could find and certainly no in terms of like Gaza was brilliant but certainly no anywhere near Maradona but that same level of well, the English in particular I tell, them, I tell them all the time down here that they love to build somebody up then utterly destroy them and then just mm-hmm. pick up the pieces of what's left yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's the favourite thing to do in the world Aye, they did that definitely. with Gaza um, and that's how he's seen as a sympathetic figure now even though they're the ones that destroyed him in the first place kind of thing Aye. Um, and I think like like with, Marad- with Maradona like, you're talking about a guy that had his own fake penis do you know what I mean to, to, to give drug tests because the Kimura made sure that he wasn't going to get a, a banner in like that so they gave him a rubber a rubber dick to put down his drawers when he was fucking a pass stuff like that <laughs> but you can only imagine like, not to get into a fucking a, a drug conversation but you can only imagine the purity of the stuff he must have been taking, it must have been literally, like, fucking... Like, I wasn't a council, mate. Exactly, right out of the Pope, right? <laughs> the fucking guy, the guy, had, the guy had mental health problems, he had a troubled relationship with life in general to begin with, and he, he himself always said there was there was two people, there was Diego and there was Maradona, and one couldn't really exist without the other, and one had to become the other in public because he just couldn't hack it. I mean, there's a story during the week here about he went to get an audience with the Pope, and he couldn't, he couldn't handle it, he was dead nervous. So he went into the, he went into the fucking bog at the Vatican and done a couple of chargers. <laughs> Come back out and tell, tell fucking Pope John Paul, you want to feed the poor, why don't you sell the fucking gold ceiling? Aye, I wonder if the Pope took a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I wonder if the Pope was in there with him, chatting with a disabled door like that, that's in Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this kind of ties in with the other podcast we've been working on, uh, Donny. But what role will AI play in the future of sport? It'll probably fucking ruin it, to be honest. 
um, because you're talking about any any competitive advantages at the moment that are on the kind of edgy things. It allows weird teams and that to go and exploit them for a short period of time until it works its way up the chain. Then they want the ones at the top get the best gear and the better versions and more efficient versions of what's available further than the gear and then they need to find another edge and another edge but eventually the edges run out on the sport and I think it will just make it, it's already starting to make it a bit more perfect do you know what I mean and I think sport should be imperfect it should be it should be people felt with flaws and the game itself should be filled with flaws and that's another VAR conversation and all that shit as well but the more advances that you make the more that you're you're taking the edges away for like crazy and amazing stories and I think depressingly that's probably going to be the case and don't get me wrong like what what Zone 7 that AI company are doing is they're preventing injuries and making life better for um, for players and their well-being but what it also does is what injuries do at the moment is it brings the good teams down towards the weird teams because mm-hmm. Van Dyke getting injured the now means other teams have got a chance whereas if everybody's fit all the time it means all the big teams that are spending a load of money in these players they're fit and they're ready and available and that's, a, that's obviously a massive advantage against the weird teams, so it's probably going to make it a bit less competitive, to be honest, but as far as they want, it's like once progress like starts, it's, it's very difficult to, to wheel it back. Do you know how that, that works, the injury prediction? Is it just like algorithms and stuff like that? What happens is, mate, like, pr- pretty much every team now, they all wear that wearable technology, so like the kind of sports bras and all that, that gather your movement. Is that what that is? Aye, it's all, it's all data that's gathered, so like you've got years and years and years of data, even the weirdest teams do this now and they've all got, they've all got wearable tech that, that gathers that data for them, so what the, what the what the AI does is it plugs into the technology uh, and, and basically runs it through the algorithm and it looks at that player's injury history, so if Scott Brown for example has a history of groin problems or like a calf injury or something, it'll take that into account of when other players he has profile might hit the red zone and then go into a, a, a sustained period of training where they might get injured and then it recommends an a, a audited training programme for them to go and work on something else so rather than running that day they'll send Brown to the gym or whatever to work on uh, kind of weightlifting or send them to the sauna or send them wherever that just keeps the weight off that injury that could happen um, and they reckon they've got it up to like 80% predictive predictiveness now in terms of preventing people getting injured who would have got injured without the technology in place so there's, they're working with like 20 teams now across the world and it's really successful like Hitafi is one of the teams that they work with in Spain a couple of years ago they had the lowest budget in the entire league by a distance and they finished 6th in the league getting into Europa League so um, it shows you it can work and it shows you that like I say that edge is there if teams want it and I think it's now as good time, as good a time forever for people to be starting to look at it because folk are dropping with flies the other place so mm-hmm. If you can get an edge that makes sure that your best players... I mean, Swanee, I mean, look at... Selic played for Varos, and Odson Edzard is sitting in his fucking ass. If, if, if Selic had any technology that could have meant, right, we'll keep Odson out of this game, and we'll keep him out of training this week, so that he plays that game, that game's worth £30 million to Selic or whatever, so... Like, the, the technology pays for itself in a short period of time if it's if it's utilised properly. We've got mm-hmm. fucking Stratton and Kennedy running about with an iPad in the dugout. See, when that sent going on yesterday, the camera... Panned over to the dugout and Lennon and Stratton were looking at a MacBook. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here? What the fuck is going on? What can they possibly be looking at that MacBook about?" You know. So I, 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 I think you're right. There's a good and bad side with everything in AI, and you know, it's. I think there's like you say, it's going to take a lot of the cup, we cup upsets away, and all that kind of stuff. What makes football fucking football really, doesn't it? But then again. 
it, does it you know keep your your greatest players playing longer and does it mean that we're going to get an extra five years out of a Messi or something like that and you know so good and bad with it all I, I, I mean I despise VAR absolutely despise it like probably most folk you know just killing the the excitement I mean you can't celebrate a goal you celebrate a goal you go oh, is that a goal no, I mean, fucking brutal that. So uh, I, I never realised that those wee sort of sports um, fest, sports bra type things that you mentioned there. I never knew that's where that was. Ah, uh, that's. I uh, honestly never knew that. Mate, I thought that was just like a, a big of, Apple watch. A fashion, but like a sort of. <laughs> mate, you can get them. You can get them. My mate wears, wears it playing fucking five a side. Aye, aye. There's folk. Aye. You see them all. Them running, the shoes, man. That's amazing. I'd never heard of this at all. Well, see, even that just that is actually amazing. See, even if you look at what the you know your your Fitbits and your Apple Watches actually gather now in your health app and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's fucking mental. My fucking I woke up the other day there and my phone told me I had like seventy eight percent quality sleep. I'm like, what the fuck's it good today with you? you know what I mean, it's seventy eight percent quality sleep. And you slept for six hours. You got up for a push at half past four. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you're worse than the missus. <laughs> I, even like that level of stuff you know layman's terms it's, they gather everything I mean it's but, great I but the thing is so not just AI but technology in general right so like Bryson DeChambeau on the golf now rattle on the ball fucking 375 yards they're having to dig up courses not to get to Aye. basically changing how you play the game I, that's what I don't like I think in, in a sport like that they should be putting limitations on the technology well that's that's very for miles. that's very interesting that you should say that because we've spoken about AI before and your man Elon Musk and all that on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about how it's just no regulated at all you know from top to bottom they've not really got regulation within AI as yet and it, it's a thing that's going to learn itself and Aye. progress itself so mm. what, that's probably something that should be relig- uh, regulated more than anything and right. they've just not got that so I think there's a wee bit of me that's very, I'm a sceptic with anything like that I'm going is there something you know really dark with it as well is well, really it's good dis- it's fucking deciding elections mate I mean, aye that's it that's Facebook's it. just running on a very simple algorithm and it's deciding to feed up to people um, like I was I was in a call with a boy last week and we are just chatting about it was a work related thing and then I could tell he was chipping away about about the fucking lockdown stuff and all that, right? So I was like, right, let's get it off your chest, mate, so we can move on with our lives here. And this fucking—I I thought previously this guy was like kind of quite level-headed, and that fuck me, man. He had me doing the—he had me doing the garden path. <laughs> like, he's like, well, as we all know, what the vaccines that are going to be injected in your body have got metal in them. And I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, as I, as I know what, what are you talking about? Like, where are you getting that from? And always you're, get, you're getting that from a, a meme, fake news source. Like some, aye, uh, the metal's going to get in your body. Uh, and it, they can track you from the stream. I'm like, mate, you've got a fucking phone in your pocket that's got your this tel- 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 Google your location in the room. You might want to turn that off, bud. Do you know what I mean? It's about it. it's- I know. Yeah. I love the anti-vaxxers, man. I love the anti-vaxxers. I love all that shit. That's not getting in my fucking body. And then the next 40s, are eat- they're eating a Rustler burger. We'll see, how fucking, we'll see how much they want to fucking take a vaccine when they're stoked for going to Benidorm next year. Ah, exactly, mate. They won't let me in the country. Ah, exactly. Is it not the theory that um, vaccinated so that the 5G mass, the government can just kill just, anyone just that they want? Brains, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Imagine you got a job in that department, you could just fucking press the enter button every time somebody walked by you down the lake. That'd be great. <laughs> People have probably got some legitimate concerns with the vaccines and that. I'm totally pro-vaccine um, and stuff, but I think people think because it's been done so quickly that 
there must be a problem with it. But I think you need to look at that in the reverse and you should say, well, that's how quick it should be. Why has it took so long for, like, vaccines for other diseases? So that's the thing, Merv, right? So, sorry to cut you off, bud, but, like, I'd love to have this conversation yesterday. The reason, the pure reason for it is money, right? See mm-hmm. all these other vaccines for these other diseases, they can all largely wait, right? Obviously, there's loads of cancer research. And they spend they spend billions on that every year, and they're, they're getting there with that. But the other like smaller scale things, they all need funding for somewhere, and the funding's got to come for a place that the pharmaceutical companies know that the, the, the doses are going to be wanted, right? So like in two thousand and five, when SARS came out, there was money getting chucked at a, a SARS vaccine right, left, and centre, right? And there were there were fucking as many teams competing to get the vaccine as there has been for this. And then all of a sudden they realised that actually this isn't killing anybody, so nobody's going to want it. And bang, funding gone. Nasar's vaccine, right? But they know that the longer this has been on, the mayor that it's just it's just fucking buying money. If you're AstraZeneca or, or whatever, you're literally buying money for the future by just funding and funding and funding this. So the pure simple fact is, a lot of these other vaccines, they get one or two people working on it at a time with a limited budget based on the expected revenue they're going to generate back. Whereas in this case, they've got every cunt working on it, spending billions on it, because they know there's going to be the money at the end of the rainbow because everybody's going to want to take it. So that's why it's worked. Like Neil, Big Shugs is an anti-vaxxer, aren't you, Shugs? Uh, uh, aye. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never had a vaccine, before. ever. And Any vaccines? Nothing. No, I don't tend to get it. Well, I had the BCG when I was in school, but... Aye, the one uh, you get at school, aye. Aye, but I've never had any flu jab or like that. Aye, neither have I. Have you guys had flu jabs or that? I had a TB. No, no I never had a flu jab. TB, I a TB vaccine. No, I had a TB, aye, nothing else. It's not like now. Like, my daughter, I, she's had more jags than I've had in my entire lifetime. And Is like, that right? In under a year. <laughs> it's mental. She's... It's, MMR and all that. All the time, man. All the time. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Should, should doping be legalised? Is this in sport, I take it? Uh, aye. <laughs> 100%. Aye, definitely. 100%, mate. I know, because, I know. Like, for the same reasons that... For the same reasons that... The edge has, the edge has been taken away by technology mm-hmm. and AI. The best dopers are the best runners. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Lance Armstrong's dope wasn't something you can buy out the shop. Do you know what I mean? They had the best fucking gear. And that's why one of them. Like... The same as anything else, like you can you buy what you can afford and you get the best dopers at the top level because they charge more. So you'd be better off fucking just injecting them on, see if you can get somebody to run under nine seconds, do you know what I mean, than making them fucking... I think like, it'd be great. Like, comply to these bullshit rules that you know they're, you know they're not keeping to it anyway. Like, no, put the nah, last 50 nah. guys that ran fucking nah. under 10 seconds, I think 49 of them have been caught. The only one that's not been caught is Usain Bolt. Like the, all, the, all the rest of them have been stuck for the record and it's just like what's the fucking point in this <laughs> you just maybe they should take it further and, and have like and invent new sports that are literally like drug taking and see who can like mm. have the quickest drug the Olympics quickest record <laughs> just every pub in the west of Scotland you described on a Saturday night that, that's a sport that Scotland would actually be decent at <laughs> Donny did you not tell me a while ago that the technology to catch Doping is behind um, actual the technology to create the drugs. Ten years behind, fifteen years behind me. Is that right? Like, 
Well, there's a lot more money to be made in being a lucrative athlete than there is stopping lucrative athletes being people. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot more money on one side of the equation than there is on the other, and that when that's the case, it's much hard. Like when when Armstrong was getting was getting tested regularly in the beginning, all they did with Armstrong was was change it to what what his um, his team called it as uh, microdosing. So basically, the test that came out was um, to check if um, like in you know, a EPO had been in the bloodstream for like a certain period of time and what they just did was they just lessened the period so they just microdosed which was literally poke it in their system and that would last them for four hours for the duration of a time trial or whatever and then they would still pass clean at the end of it um, so <laughs> there was like, like the amount of money that's involved and even even you wouldn't believe like, like I've, I haven't really know that asked about cycling or anything in terms of watching it on the telly or anything like that but fucking all my my mates and that that are feel like France, Germany, Netherlands. Fucking, we sit and watch full hundred mile races all summer, like all the tours and all that. They absolutely love it, and there's so much money at the top of it that it just, it's, it's so lucrative to make sure that you are the fastest cheater, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's as simple as that. Kind of Dalton could snooker players use. <laughs> Diazepam. <laughs> Blues. Why don't you put it as a diazepam in that if you took if you just took the right adult steady man, yeah. steady, steady your arm on it make you hit the ball straighter ah you wouldn't like flinch and all that get the flinches eh? as, right. fall, as long as you didn't fall asleep on the black and like that <laughs> so I, I think you should do a column on the fact that uh, doping and drugs and that is pretty much just like having the better trainers in aye in any sport or what that's look at that look at your man um, build this is the kind of stuff that gets you sued, right? But fuck. <laughs> look, at, look at Salazar. That guy's him. Salazar had a relationship with Nike, who had a relationship with fucking Mo Farah. Like Mo Farah's fucking <laughs> fucking yeah. Like, oh what a, what a magical story came from fucking nowhere. All of a sudden he's winning fucking back to back Olympics. Are you right, bud? Fucking Joker, man. And, <laughs> and like, there's a lot to be said for investigating that full fucking British team in, in 2012. There's a lot of dodgy stuff going on there. A lot of medals, I shouldn't have. No, it was like fucking them winning the Eurovision. I'm like, what's going on here? They shouldn't have been winning all this shit. In Beijing, they won like fucking five chocolate medals, and then all of a sudden they're all up at fucking. TGB's fucking tearing the thing up. I feel as if there's too many Olympic sports, like, you know, you've got 100 metres, 200 metres, 300 metres, 400, like X amount of metres, and. It's not really that popular, or I'm guessing it's not really that popular a sport, athletics, compared to like football or whatever. So, to make it more competitive and um, get the best of the best, I think you should reduce the numbers. So, maybe like a, a short sprint, and then like a mid-distance, and then like a marathon, and that's it. And you need to pick it. You need to pick the the, the event that suits you best, because you can pick any old shape, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> a walking race, or like a short putt. Discus. I mean, who came up with that shit? Who actually sat and came up with that? <laughs> Hammer throw. You could, you could. I'm thinking about this. You could solve two of these things. So you could get like a hundred or two hundred meter race and have a mixed mixed gender, so men and women, as we're talking about earlier, but just dope the women. <laughs> so you got massive women that are ready to go against, the, against the guys. What? Massive women? Did By, you say? Aye, because there'll be steroids and that, innit? Oh right, okay. Right, uh, you know, see, they, they know they they done a mixed uh, relay race at the World Championship a couple of year ago. Did they? Uh, it was dead funny. 
because they could put no funny, no funny in the way like like ha ha, let's laugh at women, but like they could put the woman at any point in the four, right? So you had like a woman at the start, like twenty seconds behind, and then there was a woman going last with like a twenty-five second lead, getting caught and things. Just it made no sense. So like back to the second question, what we should do is dope all the women. Aye, the that's what I'm saying. That'll be an interesting three-legged races at the end, man. I can't help. I think it's just inherent. If if you're a guy, you can't help but feel like there's there's a small part that it's always going to be like that. Is you're always going to have that mind of, well, man, go do work. Women is a bit less, but that's I well, mean that's horrible. I'd imagine humans would evolve, and it might be more equal in about a thousand years' time or something. But the thing is, the problem. So if you if you made it all regulated and that, it's actually a lot safer than what's happening now because. The, because it's all unspoken, these folk could be taking anything. They could be getting fed anything by anybody, or take this for a couple of months and I'll help you get to the top and all that. That's more dangerous than it is saying, right, we don't want people to start dying here, so we, we can regulate what they take, we can regulate um, the drugs that they take and the processes they take. It's the um, same argument as legalising drugs for recreational use, isn't it? Really? That's a guess, yeah, yeah. Is there any rules about like getting, like, I don't know, down the line with technology improves, maybe people will start getting like, Man-made legs and that, like um, oh, electronic. All right, aye. <laughs> the Paralympics, man. That's it. I know, but I'm talking about really fast legs, so people will sacrifice <laughs> their legs to get. <laughs> that's like fucking face-off. That, that's uh, the future. Bit of Blade yeah. that kind of thing. Was it augment, augmentation? I think it's called. Yeah. Aye. If you actually choose to get your, <laughs> get your legs replaced, a couple of fast legs. <laughs> Would you rather have feet or a basketball? Would you rather have teeth or a house to call your own? The Samba game or would you rather? Would you rather? That makes absolutely no sense. Lovely. Right, thanks, mate. Would you rather keep VAR or get rid of it? Yeah. VAR. <laughs> the soccer ball. <laughs> Would you rather keep VAR or get rid of it? Uh, at this point, get rid of it. Get rid of it, fuck. Yeah. Aye. Aye, that's that's that finished. Next section. Right, cool, next section. <laughs> I, I, would, I would actually, I'd play devil's advocate, did you say, and I, I was kind of thinking about this. I, I think I would keep it. Because... Danny and Kenan. Nah, just get... Is it not fair? Is it not like... You be, oh, it's, it's not. It's, not it's fair, like no. it's like the days before CCT, CCTV with crime investigation, and, and uh, now it's you know crimes are getting solved rightly because of CCTV. Is it not the same thing? Aye, but I don't want to spend nine months in court to find out I if know. my team scored. Do you know what I mean? I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're waiting forever. Also, like they're trying to make subjective rules objective here. Aye, like, okay, offside yeah, yeah. and like. Offside, offside's maybe a problem for me than handball because offside the technology literally doesn't exist. So the frame rate of the cameras doesn't, can't even tell when the ball leaves the player's foot versus when when it actually goes through to the, the player that they're passing it to, and yet they're chopping off a goal for fucking toenails. Mm. The, the, the technology literally doesn't exist, and yet they're just. I know, but maybe it's getting there. If you're saying you know about that vest and that, and that you can plug that in, and it's 
that brings, you know, tells you, predicts injuries, which is mental. That's amazing. If you can get that, sure, you could get technology where it's in the player boots, it's in the ball, it's the whole thing, and it's just in a split settings. You can make you right, offside. and that would be better. But I, but to me, it's no, it stands against what the point of the offside rule was. The offside yeah. rule was to stop people like me who are lazy cunts standing up front and just smashing in the goal. Um, <laughs> Maybe they should get out of the offside. Well, I've thought about I've, I've I've thought about writing about that, but I need to speak to a referee and all that because they, they actually they they, thought, they they spoke about doing some practice games at a lower level, which is on the outside, just to see what would happen because it's one of the ones you know you're not really sure how the game develops until you actually tested it out. But I'd, I'd be interested to see what kind of game it would be like because. Who needs likes offside? Is shit. I've seen like games on YouTube, like ancient games before offside and stuff, and it is, it is just they always keep like one right up top. Do you know what I mean? But the, the counter argument to that is like goalies back in the day used to just stand on their line and they weren't very good on the ball and that. Whereas yeah. goalies now are much more agile on that and better players. So you might lose a bit of benefit because he can come out and challenge that player and you wouldn't maybe get as much out of it. But mm-hmm. I do think you still need offside. What I'm just not happy about is. Getting goals chopped after like a draw, drawn up. Just have a look at the camera. Does he look offside? No. Fucking go on, mate. Then. Aye, aye. See all this like measuring it and getting lines out and all that. God, fuck. Aye, that's too much. I just feel as if this whole thing was the start with. Maybe it's just in my mind. Maybe it's um, was the same everywhere. But I just feel as if it was always English pundits talking about this for years before it happened. Cause like that Frank Lampard goal that they should have scored. Um, in the World Cup or the European Cup whatever it was that was well over the line but didn't get counted and stuff like that, <laughs> that was great, I feel as if it's just always been them talking about it in Sky Sports News 24 hours a day every time there's a, a wrong decision Aye. for so long and eventually it's came in and they fucking hate it it's true mate it's you like I mean? it's they've, they've battered the ref like I'm not going to fucking defend referees because they're as bad as ever but like Sky Sports on a fucking Monday morning literally does ref watch where they sit with an old referee on the panel when he basically picks apart all the decisions and you're sitting there going, well, what's the you fucking day then? Imagine somebody done know. that at your work, just sat, like, the next day went over everything that you'd done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be, fuck it, I'd be, oh, fuck that. Who does that job, man? No, I mean, who the fuck wants to do that job? I don't understand. You must be sadomasochistic to be a referee. You must be, because the abuse that the guys take. And see, when we're talking about offside, like the linesman, I've always thought, of, you know, even by the time that you've lifted your eyes from the guy hitting the ball to look at the guy that's the furthest for the defend uh, the line, you know that even that split setting is out, you know. So impossible. I, I like that though, you know. I like it when well, obviously it's shite when it goes against you. Well, but will it be like a fad that comes and goes, like like golden? No, I think it's here. It's here to stay, mate. It's the same as with Donny saying once these things come in, it's really hard to rein them back. Um, so but the only see, people that can take them out again are the referees, right? And aye. the referees fucking love this because aye. it just aye. takes all the responsibility off them. Aye, well, that's oh, it's, it's not, I didn't make the decision. The fucking ah. boy up there did. That's it. The thing I was going to say, I couldn't think of the devil's advocate why they should maybe stay. I was thinking is other sports have got similar technology and other sports never complain about it. I okay. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I feel as I, I like the tennis and that. You never well, hear them saying that needs to get... I know. No, I mean, but maybe they just don't know how. To, but they, then they've got rules, don't they? They've got you can get three challenges. So everybody that's agreed at the start. Maybe they need to bring in some sort of. I was never a big fan. I was never a big fan of that. Mayor, but I, and the mayor that I'm looking at, it, the mayor, the mayor, I'm inclined to agree with you, mate. Um, I think because, I think you should maybe do that with VAR. Sorry, don't it, But I think you should do like a teams only get two shouts at a VAR. 
you know what I mean? And they've got to pick when they, you know, go, right, I want to use VAR for that to see if that was over a line or whatever. And you only get two, and that's it. So four maximum a game, and then, you know what I mean? Something like that. I agree, like, it's became part of the game in tennis now, whereby, oh, Federer should have kept that challenge here, because that was definitely in, can I hang? Aye, strategy, innit? Aye, it's part Mm -hmm. of the strategy of the the game, and I I, I would be for it now. I wasn't wasn't for it in the first place, because I just thought, or Consulate Mourinho will be fucking Dana Var in the last minute, do you know what I mean? Just for nothing, just to fucking slow the game down and things. But Aye, well, there is if it, if it came part of it, then you would get used to it. I would rather have I would rather have set moments in games where you can do that versus having an, any number in a game now where <sighs> it takes five fucking minutes for them to decide. Fucking murder, mate. It's like it kills the whole game. Don't it? It's horrible. I hate that. And they go out to the side and it just takes ages. Fucking too long, man. You need to sort that out before you introduce it into the professional game. You really do. It's almost like, see one's like Terry Henry, right? With the handball against Ireland oh, all the year ago, right? It's almost like you need a separate... That is so obviously wrong, right? <laughs> the, 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 if you almost had a separate layer for it where it was that, was even, that didn't even take a challenge, it was like... The VAR referees looked at it instantly went, that's fucking ran, guys, or something. I don't know how you would do that, though. Because it becomes a slippery slope down the way for you. I know. That was what it was brought... That was supposed to be brought in for things like that. No fucking Mo Salah's fucking ball here been offside. <laughs> I know. Do you see no manscape? Well, if, 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 the one at the weekend, mate, is one of the worst I've seen, because like the, 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 the rule is, or it used to be your level, your own side. That's right. And now it's, it's not new, isn't it? No. Oh, you're aye. not. Aye. That's crazy, isn't it? Because that's harder to tell. You know, if you it's harder to tell the other way. You know, if you're if you're online is offside, it's harder to tell that if to be, aye. you know. But it's all you've also got a case offside, here. Sorry. Any changes that they've ever made to offside there the years. So back in the day when they introduced offside, there had to be three players in between the, the so like they took it down to two and then in the nineties and that, after Italian ninety, because Italian ninety was boring as fuck. <laughs> if you were level during Natalia 90 you were half side right so then they changed the rules after that tournament to be mean level was on side Aye. Um, so every change that they've made to offside is, is to benefit the attacker and made it better to fucking yeah. score goals that's the point of the game but Aye. this one is the first time they've actually made a change that makes it harder to score mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's it, that doesn't help the fucking spectacle people watch nah. it and watching it going oh well, it's loads of Mo Salah can say, right, see, the next time I make my run, I'm going to make sure that my fucking boot's an inch back that way. Like, you can't do that. That's not how football works. And, like, like, at least with the handball, people will adjust it by like, putting their hands behind their back or try to get them out of the way a bit more. There's something, in a lot of cases, that there's something they can actively do there. But with some of these offsides, there's, just, there's nothing you can do to, to change your action to make sure that you don't get punished the next time. And that's what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of us and them as well. Like, I think... You mentioned that earlier about like how the the bigger teams and the bigger uh, you know leagues or whatever will capitalise always. They always always benefit for these things. Like for example, country like Scotland don't have VAR now, and um, playing obviously playing with you could get used to it, and it could be a disadvantage if you were playing like a, a European game against a you know a team who's used to playing it when you're not used to playing it. Aye, with big decisions, and and it's strange that. There's only so when you, the the vast majority of games don't use it. When you think of all the, the games that get played, it's only a few of the top weeks. You know, it's like there's a bit of a, they should be, they should probably roll these things out when it's ready to roll everywhere. Mate, that was that was why FIFA kept us out the game for years. This this kind of technology's been in place for nearly a decade now, but FIFA didn't want to put it in place because the rationale was if you can't do it up the Sunday league up the park. 
Um, you can't then apply that rule to the Premier League. And then at some point, in, over the last three or four years, there's obviously been a lot of lobbying by these companies that are selling this technology and FIFA have just folded on it. Um, and now you've got, you've got different fucking rules for different different competitions of the same fucking sport. Like Europa League doesn't have it and the fucking Champions League does. Oh, that's crazy. It's, it's nuts. So get rid of it then, aye. I get rid of it. Get rid I'd of it. Say, the decision. I would say keep it for for the for the things that's supposed to be in place for for clear and obvious things. Um, but if it's not clear and obvious, don't be drawing your fucking lines. Go in with the game. Hell. That's uh, Ar- Arcadia Group went in Am- administration, by the way. Just popped up. I heard that, All the jobs, man. 30,000. 30, 13,000 sort of mm. jobs. What did they do? Were they shopping centres then? Did they just shut down? Well, it's they were always going to go. They shop. See, when you think about see, it, I was thinking about this recently. Well, think about Brayhead, um, the Ford, the Fort, um, what's the other one? Silverburn. Think of the amount of shops in that in those places and the amount of shifters been from people shopping in these places to shop them online and the fact that they're so close there's only so much business that can these places need to get a lot of traffic coming through see any of them I've went to Bermuda they're always fucking heaving always heaving man Livingston is fucking mobbed in a Tuesday afternoon it's not what it used to be it's not what it used to be it'll take like there'll be fine margins in that do you know what I mean? There'll be really fine margins in it. I'd seen a programme about this recently and they were talking about how what they're going to do with these places when they when they eventually go and, you know, what could they make them into, like, homes or whatever. Because they're going to be big, you know, empty buildings. But it's went online. That's the... That, plus, obviously, this. Right, um... Covid is just, like... I was listening to... Just talking about Arcadia there. I was out in the motor earlier. And, uh there was some fuck that Philip Green cunt it was his biographer was on the radio saying that um, he didn't believe in the internet like he didn't believe that it was a place where people would buy things like up to like last fucking year he I didn't know. believe that it was worth investing any money in and you're like idea. well oh, fuck you then <laughs> I slipped missing the point majorly in it who's the what? richest guy in the world Jeff fucking Bezos you fanny I know like apparently even up until like 2011 when he saw us at that point we were turning over like hundreds of millions, he's like, nah, nobody, nobody wants to buy clothes online. They want to, they want to try them on in the shop. I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with that. I hate it, man. I fucking don't know the last time I bought some online. I didn't need to send fucking back. Well, it's funny you say that, mate. I just, I just bought some stuff for my Christmas there, right? And one of the packages came this morning. And on the email I got through the company, it was the right item I'd ordered. On the front of the fucking package, it's the right item. <laughs> I opened up the fucking box. The invoice was for the right item, and it was the wrong fucking thing. Oh fuck's sake man That's what I mean No, I mean, You need to Especially clothes You need to go in And put it on And sometimes I, I'm a bit of a woman with that I'll go in and put it on And I'll go and try Some of a different shit And go no that fits a wee bit better Back here I'll go back here And get that one And you know I, I'm a hands on Kind of guy with that stuff I think I fucking hate online shopping I fucking despise it And it's never what you want It's never what you want It's never exactly what you want See Amazon Amazon's a fucking scam 
Amazon's just a pure fucking scam. See that shit you go in and the photo looks fucking great and it's wish. Amazon's wish. You fucking buy it and you're like, and then it can, you think you're buying a six foot totem pole and then it's like a wee fucking miniature thing and that, know what I mean? It's honest, it's a pure scam. But then, then they also send it in a big fuck off box and you open my arm, it's this tiny wee thing in this big fucking massive coffin box. What the fuck is going on in my life, man? It's, a, it's even a bigger scam than that when you think of what's actually happened. You're talking about um, businesses that have been around for years, have generated a lot of income, have generated a lot of wealth and a lot of jobs for people. You know, like that um, 13,000 there. And basically, that's been transformed into warehouses where people don't have any, they don't certainly don't get well paid, they don't have the same. No. Uh, employee rights and stuff. I think it was mentioned recently, but I don't know if it was Amazon. Or well, somewhere. that's Amazon's plan. Is the word retail will be Amazon? Anything you buy well, will be fucking through Amazon. I think that's his plan, isn't it? Aye. So you've changed the like vibrant places, vibrant uh, shopping centres that, that generate loads of income for the economy, uh, business rates, and all the stuff that goes with that. You know, paying paying employees and everything that goes with that, and it's basically went to warehouses that are. People are undercut, overworked, and guys in vans dropping off. Right. So that, think of the amount of money that saved changing that business. I mode, think, you know I mean? well, my experience of COVID and lockdowns and all that, I think it's been actually a, a boost f- for local shopping. Because I'm seeing a lot more people, you know, from my, my state that will be in the local butchers. Now, instead mm-hmm. of being in their big, massive Tesco in Glasgow after their work, getting all their pre-packed meat they're actually going to the the butchers they're going to the fruit and veg mm. shop and so i think there's a an element of it started to, to make people go right. a bit more local which is great um i but i fucking can't stick online shop i, I hate it i despise it everything i get is wrong it's uh, either that or i'm just mm. fucking cursed you know what i mean the thing, uh, with, the thing with the, the like something like asos for example right like um so you put a filter on on asos um you are now looking at one of 45,000 fucking pairs of shoes, and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like, aye, narrow it down a bit. Aye, it's aye, just aye. like, I don't need to see all this stuff. Aye, that's, that's a Carol Pilkett thing, that, but it's absolutely true. There's too much choice, man. You click through, and then you click back, and it's took half all your filters, and then you click aye. on something you really like, and then it goes, not available in medium. And then you like fucking smash the screen up. It's Aye, fucking murder, <laughs> mate. Absolutely murder. I, I, I don't think, in my opinion, I, I agree with you in clothes shopping. I don't think clothes shopping has really got it right yet in terms of... Nah, like I, I bought a maybe kind of, a AR thing or something. Like, I, I, I was on like I'm on some fucking Ralph Lauren mailing list thing for years ago, and they sent me a message saying twenty five percent off. So I went and clicked, and they're fucking t-shirts are in three different sizes: fit, classic fit, and super supreme slim fucking fit. And it's like, <laughs> what, what one's what? what? How do I know what one is what? I'm just standing in the fucking shop trying to win. That's it. That's exactly it. Maybe eventually the technology will be it'll fit the clothes specifically to your exact. I'll be fit, AR, an like AR thing, but I don't know. Uh, using yeah. an avatar. Or that, even that though, even if it fits, you're not feeling it. You know, Aye. you're not feeling how that mm-hmm. lies on you and your shape Aye. and your size, and you just—it's not the same. And I find that across the board, not just with clothes, with anything, man. Anything that I buy online, I think ninety-nine percent of the time I'll go, "That's not exactly what I thought that was going to be." Do you know what I mean? But if I get into a shop mm-hmm. and I come out with it, I know exactly what I fucking bought. So there's definitely an argument. It's maybe an old man thing in me, but it's, I, I like. I, mean, I think the key is with online shopping is fucking. Well, I agree with you with the clothes thing. I only buy stuff that I've already picked in the shop, so I'll buy exactly the same thing. But 
everything else I need to research like fuck I think it I depends fucking... on the, how generic the thing is as well right so yeah. I've got no problem buying a PS5 online right but see if I'm buying a new motor I'm not going to fucking see it aye, exactly, um, exactly. I'll go to the garage and see it before I buy it Exactly. 100%. Aye, absolutely. So there's always going to be a need for footfall, I think. And like I say, with these big shopping centres that are closed, I don't know the last time I was in any of them that I locally go to. The ones that you mentioned in particular, Merv, Silverburn, Brayhead, Livingston, all the ones around about me, they're always fucking heaving with people. And, it, and, and, and you know, see, it's a social thing as well, because there's Aye. a lot of, like, Keen's age, they'll go and meet in Silverburn, then they'll go to the mm-hmm. cinema, and then they'll go and buy something out of Ireland and bowling. And so there's. You know, but maybe a bit um, Americanised that with the kids, you know, going to the mall. But. Aye, we lived in uh, London for a year, we went to that Westfield, and that is fucking my physical idea of hell, that place, man. Aye, yeah. One million shops just stacked on top of each other. Fuck that. Ten million people on it. It's just a horrible Fuck place. That. Fuck that, man. I'd freak out. What's the opposite for ag- Well, it is agrophobic, isn't it? That's what I'm like in the places, man. I'm like, oh, I need to go here. Fucking hell, I need to go here. And I lived with 20 folk. Some fat bastard on one of the fucking moped things. And you Look, I've, got a, I've got a five person <laughs> curio, right? So see if there's more than five people in the curio. Anything. I'm not working on that show. I'm the same, yeah. mate. In traffic jams, I'll go a 25 mile fucking detour <laughs> if there's five in a traffic jam, you know what I mean? That's just the men in his butt, isn't it? That's a man right. thing, that. I can't. No patience. No patience at all. Because I was just. I immediately jumped to the to the point of view that the person behind the counter is a fucking idiot, and that's why the queue's so long. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> You know the premise of this then, Donny? It's no hard, I suppose. Got to read out some names and you just tell me if they're a banger or a saint, in your opinion. Ronnie O'Sullivan. Oh, he's a saint, man. Aye. I think you get any reason for it, or just... Aye, uh, well, if, if you don't want it, don't bother, it's up to you, mate. If you want to elaborate, elaborate. Because one of the big problems that a lot of these sports, like darts and snooker have got in that, is the personalities have been replaced by fucking machines. Mm-hmm. Machines in human form. Um, well, there's a lot of the, the young like Chinese and Thai players coming through who are exceptionally good at snooker, but they're not crack, man. Do you know what I mean? I know, <laughs> and, I know like, you're right. They're not, because why, why would you be? And yeah. um it's just it's that ability to sell the game beyond the fact that you play snooker do you know what I mean like Ronnie's the only guy that's been able to do that in the last 20 years and uh, if you take him out of it man you're, you're not no left with much it's the same idea of you hear it in all these podcasts that I watch and listen to as well you know your sci fairies and your open goals they're saying you know things like even for their day maybe 10 years ago you can't you, there's no like you know social life in a, a football team anymore the young guys don't go out to the pubs and get pushed and get lifted and you know there was a bit of camaraderie with that like this, the snooker players Ronnie actually commented on it you know how they were just they were all shit really and they were just like kind of a robot guys that are coming through and learning this the basics of it and no really getting a character about themselves and trying Aye. stuff and fucking you know been doing a snooker club with the old guys in the corner slagging you for missing the black and you know they've no experienced any of that and I think a big element of that as well is that these guys are li- you're in the press even when you're no famous because you're on social media so see if you're doing anything out of the ordinary some of the videos that you're up on social media and you're fucked so they have to walk about with this fucking ironing board personality that Aye. nobody fucking you know what I mean there's no 
Liam Gallagher's near Ronnie O'Sullivan's near fucking and that's what's happening you know all the people that we spoke about before we, that are characters and make human beings it makes the fucking thing that's the whole thing about it he's and picks, we're getting rid of it picks on social media that are arguing about the fact oh there's no characters in the but the first ones to shop somebody in if they're on a fucking bruiser fucking no joke by the way you're absolutely no joke you know what I f- that actually made me really think as well last night seeing when we were wa- I was watching the videos coming in for the f- group chats with the protest at Celtic Park every single video and they were all going after heads at the fucking the fences every single one of them had their phone up in there what videoing what they were doing? And I'm like, I mean, what, what the fuck? You're you've, you're actually videoing your own riot. No, it's, it's like it's be it's beyond parody. Some of that stuff and it's wasted, really wasted a lot of it. You know, because these guys never feel safe. These young football players, young tennis players, young snooker players, they can't go to the pubs and just feel safe, right? The people in here, we can have a right good night and I'll maybe be off my head a wee bit. And, you know, and that builds character. You need to get through that when you're a young man. You right. need to do that. You need to get through that and you need to be no fear to be getting put up on social media where a video of you up on the table having a dance. You know, and they're literally fear to stuff at that level now. If I'm spotted half cut, I'm going to be fucked. I'll lose my million pound career. That's ahead of me and that's all right see when uh, when Gaza Gaza did his cruciate ligament in the in the uh, uh, FA Cup final 91 yep. he was supposed to be signing for Lazio that summer for like fucking Aye. 5 million pound or something mm-hmm. he was on crutches for 6 months and uh, he finally got off the crutches and within 2 weeks he learned to walk again he went to a nightclub in Newcastle getting a scrap with a boy the boy kicked him in the fucking knee and knocked his kneecap out and he was out for another six months. The Lazio were, Lazio were waiting on him to turn up to train on the February and he's like, oh, my knee's fucked again. And they still signed him and gave him all the money and it's like, uh-huh. like, that's just, that, that's the other end of the scale in terms of just being, like, Aye. unprofessional Aye. about your career. Aye. Yeah, but yeah. There's got to be a happy medium somewhere where we're no, like, it shouldn't be a big deal that Ryan Christie's just a bit greeting on the telly because he was put under so much pressure to win that fucking game for I Scotland. Know, I know, I know. What you should be doing is fucking greeting because he's going out to get absolutely fucking pushed and celebrating, you know, and that's what he's waited all his life today and get to the Euros and stuff like that. It's just, there's none of that anymore and it becomes a bit cardboard. See, I'm going to slate one of my own players here, but see, Edward, he's the epitome of that. He just like, looks as if he's the guy that kind of a Disney searing, Disney move rang, Disney um, get in the headlines. I know he was in the headlines when he was a wee bit younger and stuff like that, but they're just so scared. Their agents have got them programmed into thinking, you put one toe wrong and that's your whole um, career going out. And it is. Sergio Aguero, Aguero has lived in Manchester for fucking 10 years and they can speak about three lines of fucking uh, English. <laughs> he goes to training, he sends money back to his family and he sits in the house and plays FIFA fucking every fucking night. Do you know Cairn Tierney paid paid for one of his pals to go down and stay bottom like a f- whatever a flat or something just so he's got somebody down there that he's close to and stuff like that. So it's they've got no fucking life, and I think they're actually told that you know when you become like eighteen and you sign your pro or whatever contract, they're saying see for the next ten years all you're going to be doing is playing football and sitting in your house with your family, and then once that finishes you can go and do whatever you want with all your money and stuff. Aye, like, but you're aye. actually told for that aye. ten year, fifteen year. Whereas before it was just human beings, and you know an elite part so of they, sport, yeah. and the characters were all there, and it was. It's just all gone. It's all gone, and I think social media and the news and the media have, have all got a, a lot to 
answer for, for So that. the days of the rock star fucking football player are finished Aye, man. And it doesn't need to be like Donnie's saying, you know, there's the end of the scales, George Bess and, you know, these gazes and all that. I don't want to see young guys doing that. I really don't want to see them gone off the rails. I've seen a lot of good guys, you know, go really down a slippery slope with drinking drugs myself. I know even, you know, football players are sportsmen. But you've got to have the freedom at that age for 17 to 25, I would say, that you can go out without any fear of... You can you can express yourself in any way that you want as long as it's not hurting anybody and you're not hurting yourself. And you're not going to be slated on social media. You're not going to be the world's attention the next day. Whether that be just your wee circle world or the whole wide world. Doesn't matter because it's the same fucking feeling. So there's did you uh, Caulfield, did you say that, that Lennon was coming into the, the tenants pub? I, I'm not sure how much I should talk about this anymore on the podcast. But uh, yes. <laughs> yes. No, you got my sack. All I'm, saying, no, all I'm saying for that point of view is... Who gives a fuck if Neil Lennon is a pink? He's a fucking manager. Ah, that's it. I know. He's and he comes athlete, for that but, era, mate. But he, he obviously feels as if he's unable to date that now because it will just make headlines because of who he is. And that's sad and insane. No. Like, I, I, I had a story, I listened to a podcast years ago. Again, like, Brian Clough, right? Absolute genius, but again, probably on the wrong end of the scale in terms of what he did to himself and how often he was wrecked and stuff like that. But he took... Uh, Forrest up to play Selic in 1981 I think it was a UEFA Cup game second round or something and uh, Davey Hay was the Selic manager and Clough phones up Davey on the day of the game about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and he's like Davey uh, let's go for a pint this afternoon have a talk about your team and all that and we'll have a talk about tactics and football and Davey's like that well Davey, was a bit, Davey Hay was a bit straight laced he's like but fuck it he's like I'll go and meet it's Brian Clough in it so I'll go to the pub and meet him he'd do it in the pub the full fucking Nottingham Forest starting eleven for the game that night. We're sitting in the fucking boozer getting wrecked, and love we wouldn't beat we wouldn't beat two that fucking night. Fucking love it, man. Love that shit. And that's I mean, Lennon. You mentioned Lennon. He comes for that era of Martin O'Neill telling them, "You just go and have a pint together tonight, and see if somebody starts on him. Make sure you're jumping for him." Exactly. But as well, though, you talk about ten in a row for Selic. Rangers didn't win 10 in a row because that team took it too far when it came to the bevy. Do you know what I mean? Like, aye, aye. McCoy scoring right, and all that aye. went out fucking all aye, the time. And they like, were nuts. Selic didn't even get that many points that season under Janssen, but because that Rangers team were out in the fucking randan every day. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think they were co- they were like, kind of a like the Celtic team they knew. They were coming to their end as well, mate. It was like, you know, Advocate had kind of a come in and tried to boost that up and I think see it's, I was speaking about a Saturday and I hate fucking admitting it but it's like anything in life man it's all cycles isn't it we Aye. stop there 9, eh, 10 they stop our 10 fuck it you know it's just it's always going to be like it's just like life isn't it Aye. not that I'm fucking admitting defeat yet by the way I'd just like to get that on the fucking <laughs> no, record over to the fat lady sings I suppose but it's true in, in a lot of ways and a lot of people see it this way that sport is just a complete waste of time and I can kind of see I like sport but I can kind of see that and there's formulas opinion. in there I can understand that you know I don't know if you've seen that uh, David Mitchell guy um, he's brilliant man and they're talking about sport and they're like it's just a sketch show type thing they're just like talking about goals sport sport and just making making an arse rate basically but it's quite funny you know just like one team will score more goals than the other as if they're making like a sky sports I've type. seen that uh, yeah, yeah. it's quite funny but I can kind of see that as well and people will just say you know it is 
bunch of guys kicking a ball about it is a bit it's that it's, it's both things you know it's, it's kind of ludicrous in a sense but it's also I mean that's the, the competition side but I think there is like some underwritten universal formula that works with these things there really is and yeah, it just definitely. seems to be you know the cycles happen right you, you, you do it with any game you watch you go I know that this is just going to happen here and it always fucking does happen do you know what I mean you always go well they're going to come back and win 3-2 and then the day you know so mm-hmm. there's definitely something like that involved in it that we don't Aye. know about a higher fucking well a hundred years ago there was a pandemic so you know, <laughs> exactly mate you know cycles I mean? yeah, a hundred yeah. years it'll happen again and, that's yeah. it so you'll get Labour next and the government and then the Tories Aye. next and they're all shite each fucking other no. I, think, I think that is yeah. as well like, Sport has helped me to understand what day of the week is. Makes days to <laughs> be perfectly honest. Aye, aye. See if there was no football. I, I know this is Monday because it's Champions League tomorrow. Yep. Do you know what I mean? That's my entire life is built around about knowing what day of the fucking week it is. And fair enough, I work in football and that, so it's quite important to know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> even if I didn't, that's how I would judge it. Like, what the Masters are starting on Thursday, so it's that's tomorrow, right? So there's, there's, it's going to be four days of golf after that, and then we're back into Monday again and stuff. It's People need these routines in their life, and at the moment we're not going them because we're fucking. Like, you wake up on a Sunday, it could be Wednesday, it could be Saturday, it could be anything, man. It was my my birthday three weeks ago today, and uh, I did absolutely fucking nothing. (laughs) Like, I I usually play fives on a Monday night, couldn't even go out and play my fives, couldn't go out for a pint, couldn't go out with the missus for dinner, couldn't do anything. And every single day since that day has been exactly the fucking same. It's just like. Like, you need something to distract you, otherwise. Well, I, to be honest, I think the, the mental health ramifications of what's happened in the last it's nine months haven't been truly felt yet. I think it's. I think yeah. you'll feel them more. I was watching a documentary about the Spanish flu, and there was a lot of people like in the aftermath when everything kind of settled in. There was a lot of suicides and stuff like that because of just not being able to cope with everything getting back to normal and stuff like that. You know, it's the funny thing is, mate. Like I, I was listening to John Rods. John Ronson was on. Uh, Louis Theroux's podcast about us, and I've, I've suffered from anxiety. I've been on medication. And that is that John Ronson that wrote the Goats books, Staring at Goats and aye, stuff? Aye. I've read all his stuff. He's amazing. He's, he's great, isn't he? Um, but he's he he's got he suffers from anxiety and all, and he basically yeah, said that his anxiety is at his lowest point in years, like mine is, because it's almost like we fucking felt you something bad was going to happen. Can I think <laughs> Aye, aye. And so you like, don't... Do something bad has happened. It's almost like a, a a verification of the fact we've been gaffered for fucking. Yeah. nothing for years do you know what I mean but now something has actually happened I think he was talking about as well the fact that he's a bit agoraphobic and like social situations is really awkward and the fact that he's not got any of the pressures of I know I need to go and do this speech at this thing the night you know he's like every day's the same and that kind Aye. of a he, that helps his anxiety I suppose and then when that you know they kind of people see when this they switch the light back on and then it's everybody fucking running about like rabbits in the headlights again a lot of the people will suffer really badly Aye. because they'll not be able to just go right back into it like that so uh, uh, you're right mate there's going to be a, a massive massive thing like that I think the funny thing is just, just to extend on that exactly what you're saying mate see any time that uh, somebody contacts me and wants to write for me right and then I, I look through their, their Twitter feed and it's usually it's usually young boys that think they fucking know everything about the world and all that and they've, they've got football work to it and all that I always make a point of phoning them for 15 minutes uh, to see what they're actually like because obviously social media just fills you all the time about what you're looking at and think that guy's a cunt but then you speak to him on the phone, you think he's just a normal person. But Aye. the way that he acts on there, or the way that social media 
puts his con- content out and makes it look as if he's a cunt, but he's not really. I think tones a lot to be said for tone, isn't there? You Aye. know, see if you're speaking to somebody or um, facing somebody, there's a lot to be said for body language and tone. And you're right, I mean, the amount of times I've been on social media and I've had somebody on my page that I don't really know and I'm like, ah, I wouldn't go on with that guy. And then I meet them in the pub and I'm like, this cunt's the best fucking mate I've ever had. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, that's probably the beer, but... <laughs> Ronnie O'Sullivan, Spanks, do you know who he is? Do you know who he is? Aye, snooker player, same Aye. for me. I'd yeah. say, I, I've taken a bit of a back seat. I think probably me and, me and Neil would take a bit of a back seat in this one because we're not really sporty guys, but it's been really interesting listening I'm to really, what you said. I'm surprised to hear you're not into your sports, the build, the physique on you and the, the way that you carry yourself. Oh, who, me? Yeah. All yeah. right, I, I, I used to be a... I did play rugby. Did I rugby that right, didn't you? No, I did. I, I, no, and I broke my collarbone. You were a hooker, <laughs> weren't you? I broke my collarbone at training and I missed a piano exam, so that was oh me taking out the rugby. The most middle-class things ever on the planet. A rugby <laughs> game, then a piano lesson. Do you know what I mean? Piano exam, you could, actually. You used to fucking throw in a game of croquet there, you Tory bastard. <laughs> um, Neil, what about you, Ronnie O'Sullivan? Do you watch any snooker, mate, at all? Uh, I used to watch quite a lot of snooker when I was younger, yeah, I used to love it. Best days of Stephen Hendry and all that. Yep. But uh, he was my man, Stephen Hendry. But uh, aye, Ronnie O'Sullivan, absolutely. Sent. Uh, Hen- Henry's, Henry's my man as well, mate, 100%. Uh, I'm a Jambo, man. isn't he? He's a big Jambo, Henry, isn't he? Mm. I don't know, I don't but know. I met him in the Timberland shop as well. Did you? Stephen mm-hmm. Henry? Stephen Henry serving my pair of chinos. Is that the same day as Usher? <laughs> Not the same day as Usher, it was a good few years before Usher. You never told him any names for, for females? No, I was right in the middle of like the Christmas rush when retail used to be extremely busy for like two or three months around about this time. Um, was everybody in changing their fucking timber boots that they bought online? He was buying chinos. He's buying weird chinos. Plain chinos. Chinos? Aye, Beige chino guy, isn't he? Yeah, he was buying beige chinos. Uh, beige, were they beige right enough? No, we're kind of greeny beige, I suppose. Right. He touched his, his missus quite recently, Henry, for a wee bit in the side. Did he? Did he? Aye. <laughs> but a younger model? I think she's like 21 or something. She's quite what? Fuck yeah. Saint. Saint. Maybe he's taking one out of Tiger Woods' book. Aye. <laughs> Merv Ronnie O'Sullivan. I saying as well. Uh, one four seven in five minutes is unbelievable. Playing both handed as well is unbelievable. Uh, I agree. When it first came in, that's true. Yeah. And that one four seven that he wasn't going to put the back is just like the best thing he's ever done. Apart from putting the back, just to <laughs> just to, to be that good, you can like go and get a one four seven and a one four whatever minus the back, <laughs> and then decide you're not going to put it to make a statement is. Pretty cool. You know what he's been doing during this? He's, it's the UK Championship was on in the, the tournament before it, just to wind up his opponent. Uh, he wasn't playing for snookers, he was just putting all the balls and losing the frame. <laughs> just because he wanted to keep the boy sitting on his ass for a bit, so he just was potting and getting beat. Fucking <laughs> nutcase, man. If this was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, in fact, I would have been like, absolute saint. Um, the guy is a genius and everything that you've all reiterated, and he's the best that's ever played the game and all that. But I heard Higgins talking about his youth. And when he was growing up and he was playing in the Masters and wishy his da and getting down to the other wee bits and Ronnie O'Sullivan, his childhood was like his mum and dad were very wealthy, comes from a very wealthy background and he's got the snooker table in the house and they were actually paying professionals to come to the house and train him how to play and all that. So a wee bit of me thinks he shouldn't be as arrogant as he is now with that because, you know, he... Ronnie O'Sullivan's dad was a fucking armed robber that did 15 years in the jail. 
Is, well, that's where they get the money for then, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that, but I heard Higgins talking about that, where they would pay for professionals to come and have a frame with them and stuff, and that's how they go. Don't get me wrong, I love I love Higgins as well, just because obviously wishy boy in that, and aye, um, he's he's made the most of his his, his abilities, man, hundred percent. Aye, mm-hmm. and he's a good boy as well, not mean. Anyway, Roger Federer, I will go first. Um, I'm gonna say banger because I know fuck all about tennis. Spanko. <laughs> I I was saying I think. Uh, Back, I can remember what you tell me about him, Donny. That he's basically the best sports per- person ever that there ever will be. And also, I also remember you telling me about the the doping situation because that that the technology was that far behind that he's frozen his blood or something like that, I just to prove that he's never ever doped. So he's frozen. He's ba- I basically frozen blood samples that he took himself um, to prove that he's never been doping. Well, we certainly know the day he gave a sample, he wasn't doping. So. All right, um, <laughs> but, you know, like, but the cunt's thirty-eight now, so and he's still gone. Do you know what I mean? Like most most tennis players wrapped it about wrap at thirty-one. Like I think Murray might because he's injuries. I think Murray might maybe get an hour here and he could be fucked. Um, but Federer still planning to come back and play next year and fucking insane lively lively fitness. He does seem like a bit of a bone bastard in fairness. So I mean, does he doesn't look as if he'd be a, big, a good scoop. <laughs> Which uh, is how I judge my fucking sports people these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy Murray's got to be the worst for that. You know, yeah. Did you see celebration and fucking yeah, Marshall saved the penalty, man? Getting. Get Imagine him in the bedroom just before the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tim plays off and Andy Murray's just stunned there. Like, mm, I'm really yes. turned on. Getting. Getting. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neil. Roger. Uh, I. Aye, I would, I would say Saint. Aye, I think, I think every time he's there's Wimbledon or, or any tennis, I'm always rooting for him, regardless of who he's playing at the time. I was like, I hope he wins this one. <laughs> is, is he still unbeaten or has he just been beaten? Is that is that it? He's, he's well, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy here. No, he's been beat before. Aye. I I don't I don't mean beat. I just mean that is his record. Is he still the the one with the highest record? I think he's the one with still with the most grand slams at the moment. Aye, uh, yeah, I think. Aye. Um, although Nadal was catching him up a wee bit. I, I just love he's got the most coolest head in tennis. He's just he's just suave. That seems to sweat, man. See all the other ones, they're all fucking sweat pissing off. <laughs> I know. He's just cool as a cucumber. Doesn't get angry. He's just like cool, whatever. He wins and he's like, yes, so cool. That was good. Isn't he sweat? <laughs> Maybe he's just Prince Andrew playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, Saint. Mel. Roger Federer. Federer. I would agree with everything that's been said. I think he is one of these guys that I don't know much that much about tennis either, but I always, or I'm sure I've seen a starter, I get the impression that people talk about guys with big serves and like this shot and that shot and these skills, but he seems to be just a guy that's got every single one of the attributes, you know? And it's because it's so effortless, he never really gets noticed, but I, I mean... You had the nail on the head there, yeah, mate, I think. Like, he, he changed the game in a lot of ways. Like Before that, it was like Big Pistol Pete Sampras was just battering the fucking body in it a million mile an hour and even Isovic and all these other cunts, whereas Federer had the ability to uh, return these serves and it changed the mm-hmm. game into a more, not to get fucking technical on it, but like a baseline game where it was exchanging shots rather than just smashing a serve and then volleying it in. So a lot more exciting and I think it's made the game of tennis a lot a lot more interesting and get me a lot more people involved than it would be if it was just the same as it used to be in the old days. I've seen some of these games like, and you're right. See with that, it's, most games that I watch, the serves are that hard. It's a lot of aces, so it's pretty boring. 
but his, they always seems to get them back, didn't they? Which is fucking staggering when they're coming at him like fucking 300 mile an hour. I used to play tennis with a boy who was, like, he wasn't fucking professional in, but he was a decent, like, kind of wee club player, and he used to smash his serve about 100 mile an hour, man, and the fucking ball would bounce back into play before I'd even fucking seen it. <laughs> and, that's, and they can hit them about fucking twice as hard as that. <laughs> that's like me table tennis John Eisner holds the ATP's official record for the fastest serve at 253 kilometres an hour so it's 157 miles an hour you're a good server as well though aren't you Spike? aye aye <laughs> boots and pints <laughs> mm-hmm. boots and pints right last one lads um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic will go with Donny as a footer he's a, a footer player, he's a saint. As a man, he's a bit of a banger, to be honest. Uh, he's a marmite guy, isn't he? Uh, the <laughs> fact that he's still playing, scoring goals and all that at 39, after he got, he got that serious injury last year, which should have effectively done him. Like, uh, Suddenly, all the money he's got and all that, and all the places he's played, I'd have been like, fuck this. But I know, man. He put so much effort into getting back, and he's looking still pretty good, so there's a lot to be said for that. But... He's just, he's a bit of a mercenary, he's managed by that Mino, Mino Raiola that's moved him from club to club to club and basically milked him, everything. milked all the clubs for everything they're worth over the years and fair, fair play, he's made some decent coin out of it, but Aye. this fucking, you can't be fucking having people refer to this in the third person, man, I, I think know, man, I fucking can't, just bollocks that. See as well, um, he, he fucking, he's built his selling to a brand, and he's just a brand slatter now, he's like he's like you say the guy that's uh, managing him is just milking everything that they can I read a, a comment the other day about him where I don't know if it's true or no because it wasn't social media but it was somebody was asking him about signing for Chelsea and he said if I've won more trophies in Chelsea I should be signing them uh, <laughs> you know that arrogance is quite good uh, quite he, had a, he had an autobiography about 10 years ago as well which, which sold quite well but and I read it and I quite enjoyed it but it turns out that a lot of the stories that he tells in it about his uh, various poverty and all that and when he was younger it was a bit mm-hmm. far-fetched it sounds as if he'd stretched the truth a lot in a lot of the cases and aye. You know, like don't fucking try and pretend you're a, you were fucking poor if you weren't man that's rags just, to riches kind aye. of thing aye aye try and embellish that a wee bit to was, aye. he tell stories in it about I used to come here and there was no food in the fridge and all that and like I, I, think he's, I think he stretched the truth a wee bit there, and I just I don't really appreciate that. And also, in, in his book, he loves this fucking cunt Raiola that, that pre- represents him, and he's a fucking wanker. He's a, he's the most obvious definition of a wanker you've ever seen in your entire life. And yet he just seems to be happy. I mean, fair enough. If I had an agent that was getting me fucking the money that he's getting, I suppose I'd like him as well. But ah, he's put a bit perspective there on it. Uh, I think I think as well, you know, it's when you're that big, you just become a bit bloated as well with yourself, like Ronnie has, I suppose, all these guys have. Um, ah, you reminded me there as well, it's like that X Factor sob story when they've been programmed to come out and tell you the embellish the sob story just so that they can get through to the quarterfinals. Aye. Folk do that in their fucking autobiographies, man, I put it down, I'm like, get that to fuck, man. <laughs> uh, I hate that. Um, Neil Zlatan. Aye. Uh, I would say he's, he's quite the quite the character, but he, he should be a, like a baddie in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Aye, Zorro. Aye, aye. But uh, aye, I, I, I don't know him any more than that, so I, I have to say Saint. Spanko, Zlatan. Uh, I'll just say Saint, man. This is the one I'm kind of sitting out the night, because I've not got a fucking clue. I'll just say Saint, aye, good player. You should be sitting out every week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody's not. Ah, very good, very good. <laughs> Merv, I don't have strong feelings either. Well, probably go by. I could be wrong, but I feel as if 
he's more of a bra- it's more styled than substance. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good strikers who have a long career and played a lot of teams and scored a lot of goals. That's a wee bit of that, mate. He's never won the Champions League, do you know what I mean? Aye, aye. aye. I- I've seen him in the flesh a few times, and see, any time I've seen him, I've not been that impressed. But I've seen him play amazing in the other games on the mm-hmm. telly now, but any time I've seen him playing the flesh, I was like, ah, he's not all that, you know? I feel as if I've said this a, a lot, as if I'm dead and English recent- in this podcast, but... I'm sure I remember it's watching poly- the World Cup broadcast by the SNP <laughs> <laughs> and uh, European Cups and that and the English commentators were like he's Latin, he's, he's average he's just average he's never making the premiership and that and that seems to have changed and everybody's probably fucking changed that's it that's what it is so what it is man like see just to that a bit aside issue see if you want to look at English entitlement and English arrogance did you see the front pages they put last week after Maradona died Still talking about the fucking handy god to 35 years ago, man. I'm fucking like, get out of it. I feel like I was just telling people I know I'm like, this is why people hate you, by the way. Like, this is why everybody Aye, hates you. <laughs> that's actually their biggest, but that, that's bigger to them than winning the World Cup, that hand of god. Aye. That tells you everything you need to know about England and, you know, the English sort of psyche. Aye, or, or we won um, the Falklands War, so therefore that means something to somebody. Aye. Like, fuck mm. off, man. No. I'm glad they, they scored that hand of god. I wish they'd have scored two hands of god. <laughs> <laughs> a hat trick, you know what I mean? Because it's like, and I suppose that the VR thing and that—that's you would lose that if, if that. Well, we've lost that, but that was that's the best goal. That's probably the best goal ever scored. And it, it, it wouldn't have been a good goal if it was against them deals, but because it was them, it's like. See when it happened, I didn't think it was a handball. See when it actually happened, I didn't really see it as being a handball at the time. It was not until you seen the replay, I was like, fucking hell, that's a clear handball. See the way he done it, it was genius, kind of a move the heat as well at the same time as the hand went up. You know, when you just watch it in real time, it actually looks as if he gets his heat to it a wee bit. But obviously he didn't, because it was, you know, fucking clear as day after that, but aye. But it's just this fucking, it's just this desire for a country that doesn't exist. That's that's all England does now to me. To anybody, and that, and that, like they'll probably kick me out tomorrow. <laughs> I'll the road next week. <laughs> but it's like fucking like you're, like the fucking Crusades were about five hundred years ago, boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's that's uh, that's that's the problem with the difference between nationalism between certain companies, uh, companies, countries. I mean, Blind Boy talks about this like Scottish nationalism and Irish nationalism. It's not the same as English nationalism. Because it's you know it's based on colonisation, and and uh, nostalgia, which is completely different uh, to you know what kind of Aye. Scottish nationalism. Uh, if you want to understand how English people don't understand that, look at the story of the day about that. There was a, a street in London that was named after one of the colonists of India, and they've renamed it the, the street Guru Nanak, uh, an Indian Indian name. And just look at the comments underneath it. Why is this fucking street in our country getting renamed like this? Well, because you went and pillaged them for 250 years, mate, so maybe just Aye. changing a street name, maybe it's the least they can expect out of the fucking situation, do you know what I mean? No, no, absolutely, mm-hmm. man. And even like the, the Olympics and stuff uh, we were talking about earlier, and uh, just even this thing with these rules and regulations and these mad fucking different events and that, should have heard somewhere, obviously, I, I originally it was meant to be like ancient Greek or whatever, that's where it, or whatever, it, that's where it came from, but I think it was really the the English, British that made it into the, the modern day Olympics. And even when you think of the Commonwealth Games and that, it's a, a thing where it's like bringing in these countries that, you know... Commonwealth Games, even the name? 
It's I fucking, it's know, fucking it's mental like, that people compete in that, I think. Come and play know, for me. Still, still. I know, I mean, you think of what, what Britain went and done, in, or what England went and done in their countries, and then Britain, they said that, sorry, but we're, we're just, a, we're common guys, we're, we're commonwealth, we're, we're your pals, really, and come and, come and play these, uh, this hurdles and that, and that's, you can win, if he's won that, then he's, he's won, really. Mm-hmm. We'll so give you all shit. your gold back if you win the hurdles, the 200 metre hurdles, we'll give you all your gold back and that, aye. That's what the Hunger Games? <laughs> that's exactly what it is, mate, to be honest. <laughs> There's a bit in Billy Conley's documentary Billy Conley did, uh, that Who Do You Think You Are he was on, and they traced it back to one of his relatives was fucking I think I see uh, that. It was like 130 years ago or something, he was living in one of the big cities at the time, I don't know where it was Well that was the other thing, we fucking renamed India Cities, didn't, didn't fancy the names yet so we're calling this place Delhi now boys, is that alright? Uh, fucking <laughs> deal with it, do you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is that? Being a complete sidetrack, but you've just mentioned made me think of something. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. Did you know that there was 20 million people lived in the Amazon forest? Did you know that? There used to be cities and all that in the Amazon forest. And there was like this a Spanish explorer guy who went down, the, he travelled, he was the first guy to go from east to west, right across down the river. And he came back and he reported and seen all these cities and all these millions of people and inhabitants. And then a hundred years later, they went down and they didn't find anything. The like, guy must have been talking absolute shit. But they're using a technology called LIDAR. I don't know if enemies have heard of this. Um, and it basically can look between dense forests they can pick out and they're finding all these cities in the Amazon that get wiped out because when the Spanish came they obviously rifed them all with smallpox and they all disappeared and they're actually just finding out now through if you type in LIDAR L-I-D-A-R just like radar but LIDAR it's all our YouTube then it was actually on a Joe Rogan podcast that I was listening to the other day as well it's fucking incredible man they actually had irrigation systems and everything back in the you know, 1300s and 20 odd million people they think lived in here, and now it's just complete and utter rainforest. Men are that, innit? That's right mm-hmm. up my street, mate. I'm going to check that out. Check right. it out, man. Check it out. I was fucking right down a rabbit hole way. You need to watch yourself. Well, we're, just... we're doing recommendations. You need to watch uh, now that BBC 4 series like Storyville that tells like documentary mm-hmm. stories. They just did mm-hmm. one on DB Cooper. Uh, oh, somebody was talking about us. He's only guy. He's only guy ever to get away with hijack a plane on American soil. I need to watch this. It's, it's fucking. I'm, I'm not wasting it for these because if I tell you any of the details, it will just ruin some of the surprises. But the fucking story is absolutely out of this world, man. It's a bit. It's a bit <laughs> another half long, so you you need yeah. to fucking sit down and watch it. But it's like it's just. But you, you couldn't. You literally couldn't sit down and make it up. It's fucking incredible. Don't I love that shit, man? I'll be going down the stairs and kicking that celebrity shit off my telly and watching that <laughs> directly, mate. That's a great recommendation. I heard somebody else posting about that the other day. I was actually, I was like, oh, I need to mate, check see that out. Done with that so one. There's another story villain in there about, about uh, Jim Jones and the cult, Brian Jones, the Jonestown cult. Uh, oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've mate, seen that it. was fucking, I've never seen anything like that. My puff, man. Horrific, is- mate, innit? Mental stuff, it, man. Is that? I'm right in saying that's the one where they've got the footage of the bodies and all that. Oh, I you know, I fucking horrific, man. Dug up some unbelievable footage, and they've got all the survivors and all that talking about what happened on the days and all that. It's fucking insane. They, it was Kool Aid, wasn't it? They just Aye. fucking put it in the Kool Aid, and everybody Aye. drank it. And well, somebody think some people were forced to drink it. Aye. But uh, there was actually, a, well, just to make you go into one that's quite like that. Um, I think it's on Netflix, or it could be on Sky Documentaries. 
and it's about a guy that's um oh I need to get the name out for you mate but I'll send it on to you um but it's the, the the cult same thing about the cult but it's actually a self-help cult in America that has started um you know how you become a better person you actually just become a slave to these fuckers man I saw it got up on Netflix I was in it I'll find out I can't mind them um, I think it's Sky Document um the Vow something like the Vow I think it's called but it's fucking incredible man but I digress anyway thanks very much Donnie that was amazing that was brilliant stuff thank you very much cheers you're very welcome man Uh, thanks very much for listening folks as well thank you thanks very much for listening to the Carbon Copy Covid Curer podcast we'll be back soon with another ill-informed chat filled episode why not tell us what you think by email inquiry at carboncopymusic.band or visit our website carboncopymusic.band and if you're feeling really generous and you haven't already please give us a like on our Facebook facebook.com forward slash carboncopy4 and even our Instagram at Carbon Copy Wedding Band. Thanks again. No bangers for having you to make up this podcast. Carbon Copy will serve you right more than anything they like, and they will. Thank you.